Welcome to the Chosen Girl Podcast, where we believe you are made for more and you have purpose. Hey friends! Welcome back. I'm Liz. I'm Sarah. Welcome to the Chosen Girl Tell Me About It Podcast, where we believe you are made for more, you have purpose, and y'all, if you've been watching and keeping up, we have been diving in to living the chosen life, which we believe starts with the perfect dip, daily pursuit, yep, identity, mm-hmm. and, and today, purpose. Yes, so we are mixing in that final ingredient for you guys. Um, again, thank you so much for listening wherever you listen, wherever you watch. We are so grateful, and we hope that this makes an impact. So let's just dive right into purpose, yeah. girl. So I think that that's a word that resonates with all of us in one way or another, positively or negatively. Yes. Probably most of us negatively because I feel like there's so much pressure behind the word purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think about so many times through the different seasons of my life, I think about trying to achieve knowing my purpose all in one moment. Like, I remember being in high school thinking, I don't know my purpose, and almost feeling like a sense of failure because Mm -hmm. I didn't know what God was doing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why I was here. I didn't know what my life was going to look like when I was 75, or especially with Mm career-wise. I didn't even know what I wanted to do. And I hope this is an encouragement to you guys today because we think... It all happens one step at a time. It does. It's day by day. It has so much to do with daily pursuit because let me just encourage somebody today. I genuinely thought all through high school, I was like, you know what? I really like kids. Let me be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Then I went into uh, <laughs> went into college, majored in education and English, loved my major, loved my field experience with teaching, loved my kids, and then... I felt my heart going into the direction of entrepreneurship. And I'm like, God, what you doing? I have spent time and money Mm -hmm. (laughs) and money (laughs) and more money on going to school Mm -hmm. to teach. So what are you doing in my life with this entrepreneurship journey? And, you know, then... I'm, I see God like putting it all together. Like uh, me and my husband, we start a small business and then that small business has turned into this ministry. And you know, it really was just one step at a time. Yeah. I didn't see the whole picture, what was going on, but I knew what leading, what, what, excuse me. I knew what following the lead of the Holy Spirit looked like. Yes. I knew that little, still, small voice in my heart mm-hmm. telling me I needed to do something or that I needed to stop doing something along with developing my daily relationship with Christ. That that was seriously the leading factor in where I am today. And guess what? I still don't know my purpose today <laughs> because I'm still taking it one step at a time. I'm not going to limit God yeah. to telling me my whole purpose when I'm like, he can do so much more than I already know today. Yeah. So I'm just going to trust him every day. That's so good. And that's so important as far as like how we're walking. Um, I think that the, the heart that we come with, come to God with, is so important. Because sometimes we can come with an expectant heart just because of what's happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And it limit. we try to put a limit and a cap on God and what he can do with our future yes. whenever we come like that. But like you I'm like I don't you know most of the time I'm like I can't believe they even gave me a real job I'm like I don't even know what I'm out here doing but you know the main thing is that I do know that I'm out here following God's purpose and that in his will for my life yes and that has been the sweetest reward 
um, you know, one of the things for when it comes to purpose, you can't see into the future. And I think sometimes as a society, we can oftentimes condition our young people and our youth, our future, to, to feel like they have a cap, that they have a mm. limit, that they have to decide what is going to happen 25 years from now as a 10-year-old. And they yes. don't. We ask all the time, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I had to start conditioning myself to start asking, who do you want to be when you grow up? Because that means so much more. Um, and, you know, so for me, my when it comes to purpose, I don't always think about um, what I'm doing. I'm thinking of who I'm trying to be, who I'm becoming. Um, just one example. When I was young, probably about, like, in the eighth grade, I was like, man, I want to be, like, a really cool adult when I grow up. Yes. And that sounds terrible, but <laughs> adulting is hard, you know. Um, True. I mean, we're millennials. But also, just to remember, I, I thought to myself, you know what? Adults are wise. Little did I know now as an adult that they're not really as wise as I thought they were. <laughs> but so for years of my life, I prayed and prayed for wisdom. Mm. And to have seen that, even a glimpse of that come into fruition over my lifetime has been the greatest blessing that it's not, your purpose is not necessarily a thing, but it's the heart that you approach things with as well. Absolutely. And I just think about, this is not in my notes, but I just want to testify to how faithful God is. It's been about seven years ago mm -hmm. that I had the pleasure of meeting you. Yes. And on the same day, I met my husband. So I got a two-for-one package here. I got a friend and a husband all in one day. He didn't become my husband one day, trust me. But Hunter and I talk about all the times, about all the time, about that day. Mm -hmm. I was super frazzled that day. We met at church, didn't necessarily want to be at church that day. Both of us. Mm -hmm. um, Y'all had come and visited. You were given your testimony at church yep. that day. and. Y'all were singing. They have they had an awesome singing group, and and I really didn't want to be at church that day. And Hunter said he really didn't want to be at church that day. But that day we knew mm -hmm. we need to go to church. Like we were being obedient to what we knew yes. we need to do. And little did I know the church that I had been going to since I was a little girl, every single day or every single Sunday, going playing piano, volunteering for the children's program, whatever. Mm -hmm. Thank the Lord that day I didn't get burnt out because that day. I met my husband, mm -hmm. and I met one of my very best friends, and today we're here giving this message to you. So don't become weary in doing good. Yes. Your every day matters because you have no clue what God is going to do in that day. You don't know who he's going to bring into your life. Mm -hmm. You don't know what connections he's going to make. You don't know what seeds he's going to plant that That's don't right. come to fruition until seven years later. That's right chills down my back. Take it one step at a time. Yes, and, and we had the privilege of, of thinking of this metaphor right before we came on the air about school. Mm -hmm. You know, you start school in kindergarten, and you know, when I was in kindergarten, I had no idea where I was going to be my senior year, mm -hmm. or upon graduation of high school, I had no clue what I was going to look like, what my mm -hmm. personality was going to be like, how smart I was going to be, what I was going to be doing the following fall. I had no idea. But guess what I did know? Mm -hmm. I know that my mom and dad taught me that I needed to be at school, I needed to be there on time, and I needed to finish the assignments that were mm -hmm. due for that next day. That's right. And as a little five-year-old, y'all know, you just do what you know to do. Mm -hmm. And then after that kindergarten year, did I go to senior year? No. Yep. I went to first grade, and I did what I knew to do those days one step at a time and you know so many times I want to skip on God like I want to say hey I just learned how to add but can you teach me geometrical proofs Lord like 
No, like God's like, ready. hey girl, take it one step at a time. You're not ready for what I'm about to do in your life, but I'm preparing you every single day. Mm -hmm. So like trust that God is faithful in the waiting. Trust that God is faithful in your everyday steps that may not look like everyday steps you want to take. Um, because I can testify, just like my little mini testimony um, a few minutes ago, I can testify that it's worth the wait. Mm -hmm. I can testify that it's worth the obedience. And I have not always been perfect in that mm -hmm. waiting and obedience, but I'll tell you, God is perfect in it and God is faithful Amen. where we are not. Um, so we wanted to dive into two Old Testament stories that really resonated with us, and, and we hope it does with you too. And um, first we're going to talk about David. And we all know David, he was a pretty scandalous dude yeah. back in the OT, Indeed. the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Hunter and I joke about the Real Housewives of Jerusalem or something. Right. You know, like, if y'all want some drama, y'all just dive into the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the Lord is bringing the drama stories yes. from, from the Old Covenant up in here. So, uh, if you follow the story of David, we, we know several that are iconic in his younger years, him mm -hmm. with Goliath defeating the giant, and then also in his older years, him being a man after God's own heart, even being an adulterer. Mm -hmm. So he just has an incredible love story. You can see his writings in Psalms. He, I mean, just the God's favor on his life and how he can turn his life around. Like, that is amazing. So go back and do your homework. Read about David. But um, we're in 1 Samuel here. Um where David is a young boy and he's a shepherd. Mm -hmm. I don't know if y'all have ever thought about like being a shepherd. Like that sounds all cute and everything. Being I with the sheep. Hey, I used to be a sheep farmer. It's not that cute. It's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> like you're having to clean up after the sheep. They wander off. Like they're not very bright. No. They Bless their hearts. They get stuck. They don't. They don't <laughs> cry when they bleed. They will drown themselves if you give. If you don't lay them or bring them to still waters. They're troubled children. We are troubled children. No wonder we are the sheep. <laughs> yes, we need a shepherd, y'all, because yes. I'm so much one. like the sheep. But anyway, David is a shepherd at this season of his life. Mm -hmm. And Solomon knows that Saul is not the destined king of this mm -hmm. time. God has spoken to him, and he's like, hey, you need to find a king. Excuse me, not Solomon, Samuel. There's so many S words in the Bible. That's why we have notes. <laughs> anyway, so don't fear if you're struggling mm -hmm. with names and dates and all that stuff in the Bible because we struggle too. Yes. Samuel is looking for a new king. This is in 1 Samuel. He's going to anoint the new king, and David has all these brothers, and, you know, Jesse brings out all of these brothers except for David. And Samuel is looking, he's like, no, you would think that this is what God wanted, but no, God is not speaking to me about this one. And God's like, listen, I'm going to let you know when it's the king mm -hmm. that I want to be king. So finally, they bring out David, and he's like, this is the one. And at this time, David is young, he's a shepherd, he looks mm -hmm. like the most unlikely candidate. But I love that in 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And he's saying this about all the brothers who look like they are to mm -hmm. be eligible um, 
kings Mm -hmm. to look like they are the ones that they are supposed to take on this purpose. But God's like, no, I want to use the most unexpected candidate Mm -hmm. for this to come to fruition. So David gets anointed with oil in that moment as king. But guess what he goes back to doing? Shepherding. Shepherding. It even says at one point in 1 Samuel that David takes on the role, the additional role of being the current king Saul's armor bearer, which I can imagine that's almost like being like the assistant. Like, mm-hmm. here's your coffee, sir. Like, here's your notebook and notepad. Yeah. Here's This is your appointment at this time. Like, I'm not sure how historically accurate that is because we don't have armor in this day and time. But, you know, being his armor bearer, in a place of service, in a place of servanthood. And that is such a mirror reflection of when Jesus came down as our ultimate example. He had every right to be haughty. He had every Mm -hmm. right to be prideful. He had every right to boss people around. But he took the position of a servant as our perfect example. And I love that it shows David in that season of his life. Because think of the how discouraging... It must have been to know that you're going to be king one day, but right now you're not. And right now you're with these sheep. Or right now you're serving this current king who you may or may not agree with. You know, I just think David did what he needed to do in obedience Mm -hmm. in his every day up until his time came. And I wrote down, sometimes God has us positioned in a particular season for preparation. Because when our time comes, if we are not prepared, what's the point in our purpose? You're right. Wow. Because I feel like truly when success happens is when preparation meets that opportunity. It does. And just like in the school analogy, just like in David's life, We're looking at the preparation. We're looking at the training season. Mm -hmm. Like he is learning how to be a warrior fighting off the bears and the lions to protect his flock. He's learning how to dig in and dig deep and serve those sheep and serve that current king. Because who knows what a better leader than a servant. And what a better leader than someone who has experience in servanthood. Who has that heart of a Mm -hmm. servant for his people. Mm -hmm. So whatever season you're in. Trust me, cherish that season, learn in that season, and don't take the preparation for granted. Because let me tell you, like with even with Chosen Girl, like God has been preparing my heart for this for a long time. But Hunter and I had the conversation the other night, like, I am so thankful that this did not happen on my timing because God was preparing me with experiences, mm-hmm. with learning more in Him, and I still have so much more to do. I've not reached my pinnacle, but let me tell you, He will bring you into a season of preparation to get you to that purpose. Mm-hmm. And if you're not prepared for the purpose, what is the point and the purpose? Right. You're right. Wow. That's so good. You know, the, the second the second one that we wanted to talk about was, was Joseph, but very similar stories as far yes. as like how preparation is such a huge thing. Um, I just kind of broke down. This story spans over the course of about 10 chapters in Genesis, but I just kind of broke it down to some bullet points. So when we think of Joseph, we always, I think of Dolly, honestly, and the coat of many <laughs> colors, but... Yes. Um, you know, the thing is that he was so deeply loved by his father, and his he prophesied to his brothers and to his father. They laughed at him. They already knew mm-hmm. that he was his father's favorite, and they resented him for that. Of course, he had no control over that, 
and they set out to kill him and instead one of the brothers said let's not kill him let's sell him into slavery so we don't have the blood on our hands that's so much better slavery let's our brother (laughs) let's sell our brother into slavery because we're jealous is really what it comes down to true gets sold into slavery but he continues to honor and praise god Mm. and so he is given more and more responsibility by his master then his his master's wife tries to um commit adultery with him and he is like no way that's not honoring my god and but regardless um he gets thrown into jail for it and even in those moments he's praising god so just think about this through this wow. period that he was sold into slavery by his own family, that they laughed at him when he prophesied and told them the dreams that God had given him, and that now he's been um, um, accused of being an adulterer, and he's thrown into jail for things he didn't do, and yet he is praising God. Whatever step you are, where you are in your purpose, in this moment, in your journey, praise God through the whole thing, because you never know what's waiting for you at the end. True. So think he's in jail for approximately two years, the Pharaoh throws throws to jail. He gets a little upset. He's just like, Cupbearer, you off to jail. Beggar, you too, <laughs> company. And they get thrown into jail. They both have dreams and they tell them, um, they tell them to Joseph, and he interprets those dreams for them. And um, just three days later, they, they come back and exactly what he had prophesied or what he had interpreted came true. And so um, he tells the cupbearer who lived, unfortunately the baker did not, but he said, remember me. Two years later, so remember at this point he's now been in jail for pretty much about four years for something he did not do. And the cupbearer tells uh, Pharaoh, he was like, you know what, cupbearer, I've had some really weird dreams over here. And um, he said, oh yeah, I met this guy a couple years ago in jail. You should give him a call. Mm -hmm. So he calls him up. And he's like, hey, Joseph, what does this mean? Joseph tells him exactly what is to come. And um, knowing that it is true from the example of the cupbearer and the baker, he, he listens. And he says, you wow. know what, Joseph, I believe you and what you have planned. I'm going to make you my second in command. And I will only be in front of you because I'm Pharaoh. He gives him everything he needs, everything he wants. And think, he was, he, I mean, this is years and years later. And so... Um, the Pharaoh prophesied that there would be seven good years and seven bad years. Joseph says, put away a fifth of the grain um, for the bad years that are to come. And the Pharaoh said, you know what? I'm going to put you in charge. This is going to be your job. He goes and he is obedient in what he's been told to Mm. do. And he is given great power and he earns great respect from all that he meets. So as he goes throughout the land and he's doing this, his brothers who are still at home, they come back and they're like, you know what? We, during those seven hard years, they're like, you know what? We don't have any food. We have to go and we need to ask. They have no clue that the person they're asking is their own brother that they mm. sold into slavery. And, you know, so what happens is Joseph sends them back. They left their little brother with their father. Joseph sends them away, tells them to bring back the silver that they gave, not knowing that it was to Joseph. He gave it back. He put it back into their bags. Their father, um, Israel, sends them back and says, go back again. They, he said he wants to see the little brother to all of his brothers together. Wow. He sends them back and he says, pay him double. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe we don't know what's actually happening here. Maybe it was a mistake. We don't want any bad coming to us of this. And Joseph comes back and he says, you know what? Welcome back, brothers. I'm so glad you're all here. Let us feast. So he feasts. And he tells his servant, put the silver cup into the, into the bag of the youngest one. 
what he's doing here is he's setting he's setting them up to reveal his secret to them and to remind him of what has happened but also to glorify god that god answers the promises that he fulfilled the prophecy that he gave to him all those years ago when all this happened he was about 15. Wow. can you imagine being sold into slavery at the age of 15 and then here you are as a 30 something year old and now you are second to pharaoh and your family doesn't even recognize you that's god to make a to make a long story short he reveals himself to his brothers and many times throughout this story if you read it in genesis he's he's found weeping he has to step away from his own family because he realizes that these are people that i still love and that i still care about and i have forgiven and i have no hard feelings but now is not the time obedience is such a huge thing when it comes to living and walking in our purpose how much obedience would it have taken for Joseph? Think, think to yourself, it took seven years of bad, seven years of good first, seven years of bad. And while all of this is going on, it's about 10 years later that since he's been second in command to the Pharaoh, mm -hmm. he could have gone back to his family at any point, but he waited on God. He waited for God's timing to be perfect. He knew and he trusted that the visions and that the, and the um, dreams that he was given would come true. Mm -hmm. So in those moments of waiting, are you trusting in God or do you get distracted by those who are around you? Think about in school, we just talked about, you know, you go from kindergarten to first grade. Well, we all knew somebody who was smart enough to get bumped up to the second grade. And we're like, <laughs> well, what about them? But you know what? It doesn't matter. Let them do their thing. That's, that's between them and God. Right now, focus on you. Keep your mm -hmm. eyes on God and what he's called you to do and living in, your in the purpose that he has for you in your life. And that's exactly what Joseph did. And I found it to be so honorable that he would be so obedient. And at every part of the process, he gave God the glory. Oh, in the bad, when he was waiting in jail for those, however, at least, at least four years, was giving God the glory. When he was a slave, prior to that to his master and his master's wife tried to uh he she um said that he was an adulterer still gave god the glory said no that would not honor god and because of it joseph's family was blessed he was reunited with his family he said you come live next to next to me everything bring your family because this famine is harsh and when the pharaoh saw what joseph did to his family even though of what they did to him the Pharaoh blessed Joseph and his family on top of what the blessings that they'd already received. Wow. Whatever cows you need, whatever land you need, whatever grain you need, you are covered. And what a blessing it is to be a part of God's family like that. He says, yes. you are mine. You have my name. And that you, when you were walking in my purpose, that's where my blessings lie. I know a couple of podcasts ago, I mentioned that God will not bless what is not his. So whenever you are serving, like Sarah said, service is a huge thing. Joseph spent a lot of time serving. When you are serving, do you do it with a willing heart? Mm. And are you, are you serving God or are you seeking to serve yourself? Because the seeds that you sow, you will reap. When you're sowing good seeds, they will come back to you just like Joseph did, just like David did. And in every day, seek to serve the Lord with all yes. your heart. Save nothing for yourself and you will get everything back in tenfold. 100% because that's the kind of God we serve. We serve a God of multiplication, mm -hmm. not even addition. Like yes. he wants to multiply Amen. everything that we have. And the thing is, this all comes back to identity. Mm -hmm. Because if we're living out who we are in Christ every single day, one step at a time, it's all going to come together toward purpose. And I wanted to encourage you guys today with 
a verse um, on the body of Christ. And you may be wondering, how does this relate to purpose? But you just wait, girl. You just wait. So if you turn to 1 Corinthians 12, the whole chapter applies. And I'm reading out of the Message Bible because I love stories. I'm an English major. I'm a romantic. I'm a storyteller. So this is like my Bible love language here, even though there are so many good versions of the Bible. But one line in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's around verse 10. Because if, you, if you're familiar with the Message Bible, it's in paragraph form. It says, each person is giving, given something to do that shows who God is. Mm -hmm. And if you look at our ultimate purpose given to us by Jesus himself, it is to go and make disciples. Mm -hmm. Our job is to spread the gospel. If you want to know your purpose in a nutshell, it's to point people to Jesus. Yep. And the way that we do that here, written by Paul to the Corinthians, is so profound, yes. and I love how it works. So he uses the metaphor of a body, mm -hmm. and I think that this is such a wise metaphor because we can so relate to this because we all have bodies. So if you read in verse 12, it says, you can easily see how this whole thing works by excuse me you can easily see easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body your body has many parts limbs organs cells but no matter how many parts you can name you're still one body it's exactly the same with Christ by means of his one spirit we all said goodbye to our partial to our partial lives we each used to be independently called our own shots but but when we entered into the large and integrated life, which he has the final say in everything, this is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Now each of us is a part of this resurrection body. So everything that we are is because of Christ. So we're a part of that full body. And this is what really encouraged me, y'all. If you move on to verse 14, it says, I want you to think about how this all makes you more significant not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If the foot said, I'm not elegant like the hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong on this body. Would that make it so? If the ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want that to be removed from the body? Like, seriously, mm -hmm. do y'all see? I almost dropped my Bible. Do y'all see the metaphor here? That God wants to use mm -hmm. each one of us in our personalities that he's given us and our little quirks that he's given us and every in the voice that he's given us in our mannerisms every single part of our dna mm -hmm. he wants to use for his greater glory and he has an assignment for you multiple assignments mm -hmm. tons of assignments to accomplish for this one body and the thing is we have no right to compare ourselves because that's mm -hmm. a huge thing with me to someone else and someone else's purpose. Because seriously, if you look at it, in the metaphor of the body, not one is more significant than the other. But, watch, he brings it back around, y'all. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into mm -hmm. self-importance. Mm -hmm. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are part of. Mm -hmm. 
Can we say that again? Amen. It's only because of what we're part of. Anything we are, anything that we accomplish, it is nothing if it's not for Christ. Amen. That's it so is good. all in vain if it doesn't contribute mm -hmm. to what God is doing and what He wants to do through us. And we hope that that encourages you today, guys. Yes. Like, if we are following that still small voice of the Holy Spirit every single day. Mm -hmm. If we are doing, my dad has this line, he says, do what you know to do. If you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Mm -hmm. We know to be a good person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we know to be honest. Mm -hmm. We know to seek God. Mm -hmm. To love our neighbor. Yes. Like there are very simple instructions yes. in this book. Mm -hmm. That I feel like, you know, sometimes it's hard to love your neighbor in traffic, but we're going to do it anyway. That's right. Or when it's crowded at Walmart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just being real with y'all. Yeah. But seriously, if you take it one day at a time and do what you know to do, listen to the Holy Spirit. You do not have to have it all together. That's God's job for you. Yeah. You do not have to know the whole story. That's God's job. You just have to be obedient to the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit. Do what you know to do yeah. today. You know, we, my dad has a saying that if God said, I want you to jump through that wall, honey, it's your business to jump, not your business to find out where the hole's coming from. You ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> but, um, but I did want to, you know, one of the things when it comes to purpose, a verse that has always brought me such great peace. Mm -hmm. And that is that, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Wow. When you are walking in your purpose, good is going to follow you in yes. the good in the bad, in the unknown, good will follow you when you are walking in God's purpose. And so there's no reason to, to be fearful. There's no reason to have any apprehension because this is God's plan. It's his will. When you're seeking after that, only good things and blessings are coming to you. But more than likely, it's not just to you, but to those around you, your friends, your family, yes. and your future, everything will be blessed. I mean, look at Joseph. Amen. Right. His family had no idea. His brothers did something that would be so, I mean, first of all, illegal right now. <laughs> but, I mean, how hurtful was that? The mm -hmm. people that you love the most would, would do something like sell you into slavery just because your mm -hmm. father had a liking for you more than them. And yet he forgave them. He loved them still. And he would, they, they were blessed because of Joseph's obedience. Yes. And what a small example mm -hmm. That like we can't even compare to the great the great grace that God has for us. Like I love the fact that if you feel like you've messed up, guess what? God has a plan A, a plan B, a plan mm -hmm. C, a plan Z, a plan double Z. Like whatever. <laughs> like who are you to think that you can mess up God's plan for your life? You don't have that kind of power. You don't have that kind of power whatsoever. So if we take the everyday steps, mm -hmm. it's that intentional. Just like we always talk about a chosen girl, y'all. The intentional, mm -hmm. everyday decisions to follow God. The daily pursuit, remembering our identity in Christ. Yes. And then following it up with a purpose, remembering that our purpose lies in Him. And that when we're following in that, that only great things are coming for us. Absolutely, girl. Well, we want to thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Um, it's really been a lot of fun. We can't wait to drop some new things next week. Be sure to turn on your notifications. Yes. Follow us on social media. Subscribe. We want to see you when you're wearing our merch. We want to support you. We love you. We're praying for you. If you have a prayer request, send it to us. We definitely want to pray for you. Um, we love you, and we can't wait to see you next week. 
Yes, thanks guys. Have thanks for joining week. us on this week's episode. Remember to subscribe to Weekly Encouragement at thechosengirl.com. Now go out and live that chosen life in him, friends. We'll meet back here next week.